I feel really happy that I can now talk about it because I got cast in February. <laughs> and I've been keeping it a secret since then, and so it's nice to finally breathe. Um, but like, also really nervous. It's, it's an incredibly iconic role and an incredibly iconic show, and I just hope I do it justice. Um, I'm following some very, very big footsteps, and so I'm just hoping that I fill them up. I mean, he's a time lord. He's literally an alien. They are an alien, and so like they can regenerate into anything and anyone and for me i just find the show to be the most beautiful form of escapism like you forget about all your worldly troubles and you get to go to space and battle aliens and i feel like oh, i don't know i don't feel like anyone can kind of put themselves in those shoes i certainly do the doctor is not from anywhere it's like they don't fit in anywhere and i think for marginalized people they have been a real beacon of kind of feeling like seen in a way or like he's they are someone that can help people escape um which i love and um what will i bring to the role i don't know fabulousness <laughs> russell's writing i'm gonna try to do russell's writing justice and i think that's the real start i'm not sure well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Some Other Useless Podcast with Richard Wigand. And I know we took a break last week. And it's very interesting how I just happened to not really choose to take a break. I, I, I've been wanting to do more video. Still trying to figure out how I'm going to go about that because I want to experiment with going live. That'll probably be the next show. I want to go live on Twitter and somehow get that and then transfer it to all the places that you can hear the podcast but also some really big news happened over the weekend two big things actually one for my family and one for um in the news because my family and i all went out to see dr strange in the multiverse of madness that's one doctor but also over the weekend was the announcement of the new doctor that's who I included here at the beginning of this, was an, a brief interview with him. And this is how you say his name. I'm only going about it. I, I, when I first saw it, I did not know. I, I, I knew the last name. I think I could figure out the last name. But his first name, had I not done what I did the research on, I would have really seriously screwed it up. His name is Shuti, Shuti Gatwa. Which is not what I would have guessed. I'm not familiar with his work. But let's talk about that. Because it's, it's, it's interesting to me. Who would you want it to be? All the guesses. All the names that were being out there. A lot of them seem far-fetched. Like Martin Freeman. I didn't see him doing that. And then there's a few actresses that I had never heard of. Which could have been a similar situation. It could have easily been them. David Tennant was a name. He'd already been the doctor. Of course he was a name. But it just didn't seem logical to me that he should be the next doctor again. People throw that in just thinking, hey, Russell T. Davies has come back. Why can't David Tennant come back? He eventually will. In the reunion, they're all going to be back. Except for Christopher Eccleston. Whatever, get him on board for anything. He... He's an interesting one because he does do the Doctor Who audio drama. So he'll come back as the Doctor in a different form. 
because the audio dramas allow him to be his doctor. And kind of, it's kind of like continuing the TV show with him without doing the TV show. But he just doesn't like it when all the doctors start mixing around with each other. And sometimes it does kind of, you know, when you had Matt Smith and David Tennant, it's a complicated story. Because you had two David Tennants. So anybody who's not seen the show, this doesn't mean anything to you. But for the people who do fall along with Doctor Who, he shouldn't meet himself in his own timeline. So for in, or, in order for these reunions to happen, they kind of have to break their own rules. So that's why fans are always divided. And the big talk was, you know, this this new actor who's going to be the first black actor to play the Doctor. He's from Rwanda. He's Rwandan. He's 29. He's known for a show called Sex Education and a few other little things here and there. Just because I haven't heard of him, um, it's kind of like the same experience of the other Doctors. Because how I got into Doctor Who that I've pre uh, talked about in previous shows, I just saw a figure, did not know who the guy was. Years later, you find out who it is. And then I get into, I see, I see more of him not as the Doctor, and then we eventually got into him as the Doctor, David Tennant. So I wasn't really familiar with him at the time. And that's all based off a toy, you know. By then, Matt Smith had been around. He he started as the Doctor. Didn't get right away with him. I followed along with Peter Capaldi. Only because I thought it was cool that we could probably follow along. Like, be like only a season behind. I get the DVDs. He'd, it'd be current to me. Current, like, in how we watch other shows. We watch shows on TV. If we don't have, like, The Walking Dead, we don't have cable... We don't have a streaming service, so we wait to see the DVD. We're like a season behind. And we always try to make it feel like a season behind on the shows. So Peter Capaldi, Doctor Who, was the first Doctor that we could, you know, follow along and be a season behind. And we've caught up ever since. Now, with all the specials that Jodie Whittaker has done, we're behind a season and the specials. But we had, we did see her first stuff, her first two seasons. So, a lot has happened, and the big thing was, Russell T. Davies coming back, he's going to change a lot of it. He's going to undo what Chris Chibnall did. And if you remember, first black actress to play a version of the Doctor, she's known as the Fugitive Doctor. They are going to take her and either turn her into a show, or I don't think it's an audio drama. I think they want to do something, might be wrong on that. They want to do something with her character. Definitely bring her back. But in, in order to connect into this world, they want to kind of move on and kind of restart from scratch. So, like I said, he, the, the new actor, Shuti Gatwa, yes, I, I, I've heard him say his own name. And I, I, I'm trying to figure out, I do not want to screw it up. Because that's not what I would have guessed. Um, he's 29. And so that I went, I went to see the ages of the other actors who had played the Doctor when they became the Doctor. Okay, so in 2005, when Doctor Who gets rebooted, Christopher Eccleston takes on the role, and he is 41 at the time. The only ones you had prior to that were really, really old guys. I want to say maybe Colin Baker wasn't that old. He was the doctor, but 
gosh, when they started out with the show, the first Doctor had been really, really old. It's, it's, the Doctor Who is so fascinating because the first Doctor got sick in real life. We had to recast him. That's that's what has been the tradition ever since. Story of the reboot, Christopher Eccleston is 41, and then he regenerates into David Tennant. David Tennant was 34 at the time. Okay? Still, you know, pretty young. They're, they're, they're going to a younger direction. Then they get to Matt Smith, and he is 27 when he becomes the Doctor in 2010. So that's not too far off. A 34-year-old going to a 27. That stays within kind of, you know, like a Price is Right thing. Add three or four years, go back three or four years. It's kind of, you know, you stay within a certain time frame of, of how you want to go about it. Um, but Peter Capaldi becomes the oldest Doctor. He's 56 at the time when he becomes the Doctor in 2014. I really like Peter Capaldi. Um, like I said, I go into these people knowing I don't really know them. And I wasn't really familiar with Peter Capaldi's work. You know, looking him up at the time, not knowing who he was. He was known for a show called The Thick of It. So many fans were split on that because they did not want to see that actor take him over. Jody, going from a 56-year-old to Jody. She is 34 at the time that she becomes the Doctor in 2017. Coincidentally, she's the same age as Matt Smith. But when, when she became the Doctor, she was 34. So again, tying with the age with David Tennant. So now we go to a 29-year-old. So now it, it's, it's, it's safe. We're, we're, we're now we're going, we're going back. We're getting younger. And depending on the stories that you want to tell... You know, age shouldn't matter to a Time Lord because he's supposed to be like thousands and thousands years old. There's a Doctor Who episode with Peter Capaldi where he just like walks upstairs for years and years and years. It's like thousands of years gone by. You have that, and I want I like the interview that he that he gave because it's is the most honest you know thing you can say about going in because he does have big shoes to fill. You know, but what sets him apart is that I can't see a lot of his work. I don't I don't know if Sex Education is on DVD or not. But his other shows are kind of, I don't think, is available everywhere. David Tennant had a, law, uh, a large, and still has a large, filmography going on. He's the one doctor, he's the one actor that I can think of who's taken over the role of the Doctor... And he is, like, known for a lot. I would compare him to Martin Freeman because Martin Freeman is just, isn't is tied down to just Sherlock. You know, he has he has The Hobbit, and he has Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in Fargo. He's not tied down to one thing. He's part of Marvel, you know? He has a lot going on for him. And David Tennant is the same way. He... He's done a lot of things since playing the Doctor. He's become uh, part of Jessica Jones, which is Marvel. He's the voice of Scrooge McDuck 
He's on miniseries whenever he can. My family and I recently got done watching a... I mean, we, we, we were watching the... Basically, we were watching the David Tennant Around the World in 80 Days at the same time that this guy got cast to be Doctor Who. So you have actors like, like when Jodie comes along. I wasn't too familiar with her. But people kept comparing her to David Tennant. So you had the first woman doctor who matches the energy of a previous... You can think of this two ways. One, who do you want to be the doctor? Do you want them to be relatable to another doctor you like so you're not let down? Or do you want them to go in a completely different original direction? When you go into a completely different original direction, you don't know where you're going to go. Like when the guy's asked, where's he going to go with this character? I can only imagine he's going to have fun with it because the Doctor is supposed to have fun with his role. By the time he got to Peter Capaldi, that's why fans are split. It was kind of like, why is Grandpa the Doctor? And But that's how the show started. He was an old professor-type character. He'd go around with his niece. Or his grandchild. I'm still unclear on that. I think I think it was his niece. I think she called him uncle. But they'd go around with each other. He was old. He wouldn't flirt with the girls that was around him. He was related to them. Then the other carnations, incarnations that come after that... The, dyna the dynamic changes. And I don't know when that shift took place. You introduce a whole lot of characters. You have companions that go on like um, Sarah Jane. I like Sarah Jane. She's a beautiful woman. She passed away. But she got to be... She got to work alongside David Tennant in an episode with K-9. She's from the Tom Baker era. So every once in a while you'll, ha you'll, ha you'll have something that relates to... People of nostalgia... Whenever something gets rebooted, you got to have some kind of reference to it in order to kind of give some nod in order for anybody to understand what's going on. But I think he's going to have fun with the role. And all good luck to him. Uh, of course, I'll give him a chance. Very, in very interested to see how he's going to... what they have in store for him. Because, you know, we still got the Master coming along. Is the, is the master going to change? In the reboots, we have not seen technically a regeneration of the master. The episode with David Tennant, he meets somebody who's played by Derek Jacobi, a very popular British actor. He is this old man who doesn't know who he is. And then it comes to find out that he is the master. He regenerates into the young guy, John Sim. That's kind of the closest we've ever seen of regeneration. Because we don't see John Sim turn into Missy. He, she's just there. It, it's a very odd setup. Sparks debate. And then we don't see Missy regenerate into Sasha, the one. And it's very interesting because of Missy meets herself as John Sim. So it's it's just uh you could tell that you're so hey yeah let's let let's let the previous master meet Missy. And that's how even though that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but reunions, nostalgia. People love it. 
So all the power to him. Very interested in see who's going to be his companions. And, you know, every doctor... We're watching the Matt Smith right now. And he is so impressive as the doctor. I could tell how this got really set off with him. Uh, David Tennant was really popular, though. He's a really popular doctor. And it just, it just kept getting popular. BBC knew that they they found something worth promoting year after year. And they just didn't get enough attention with Christopher Eccleston. You know, I, I did watch his season. And it, and it has to exist because it has to get from A to B. It, it had to be the starting point to get to David Tennant. But the question would be, you know, what if... Uh, things worked out with Christopher Eccleston and he was still the doctor but well he's the doctor back then that would delay would there even be a David Tennant I mean one decision goes off and makes all these other decisions they would you know had things more worked out better they wouldn't have cast David Tennant you know you don't know what direction they would have gone in of what they needed but they needed a refresh but I, I do jo enjoy what Peter Capaldi did, but I hadn't seen the Matt Smith years. So if, if you watch the David Tennant years in order, you watch the Matt Smith years in order, by the time you get to Peter Capaldi, you do kind of feel let down a little bit. I don't, I mean, I didn't feel that way. That's not how I looked in, into it. You know, I was just seeing, hey, this it's the doctor, and I, I'm seeing Clara for the first time. Jenna Coleman is Clara. When everybody else saw her with Matt Smith, they kind of thought that her character got rushed off. She's first kind of had this dynamic that she's kind of in love with the Doctor, and then he turns into Peter Capaldi, and then she can't be in love with him, logically. So he kind of turns into like a father figure. Or even a grandfather figure probably father figure but i swear man 56 he's 56 then i really like peter capaldi but he looks a little older um but age helps the doctor in many ways old can act young young can act old matt smith because the order we watch things we watched the one where he turns into peter that's a storyline where he's going to trick them. They, they don't think he's going to regenerate. So he goes off someplace and he becomes an old man. He lives out his life. He becomes an old man. Matt Smith kind of has features. Like he's like the mid-between a young man and old man. And he really fits as a professor. He, he's got that doctor characteristic down. And he's fascinating to watch. He's intense. He's dramatic. He's funny, but intense. David Tennant was very funny and energetic. And as I said in, in previous shows, he, he enjoyed learning as much as he already knew this stuff. The doctor is supposed to be really smart, but he takes in all his information as he can. He, he knows some of the universes out there is a great segue for something coming up he knows much about all the universes out there he knows about his species 
he he knows he, but he's still fascinated the doctor always learns but i think that david tennant was somebody that i'm trying to think back he was always fascinated he always put his glasses on he's always fascinated with what he saw i'm trying to think if he ever taught anything it's been a while since i've seen david tennant says by the time you get to peter capaldi it's just it's so laid back and then he starts having shades and that becomes the sonic screwdriver and then they just start having you know he has a guitar and they're basically trying to you know hit the ceiling to what sticks of what they're going to continue with doctor who and then jody comes along and she's like a david tennant type this guy comes along Shutigawa, and he's anything he brings is is probably going to be original because I, 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 it looks like he has that in him to not mimic. He has kind of an energy to look, look like he can be his own his own character, his own doctor. And he understands the world. It's very important that they understand the world. I don't know how much Jody understood it. David Tennant was a fan of Doctor Who. So much so that he married the woman who played the Doctor's daughter on the show. His father-in-law is one of the Doctors. And, and Peter Capaldi is, was like the um, head of the Doctor Who fan club. Or something like that. So it always helps that they know a lot about what they're getting into. And him being 29, he has a lot of... You know, he's had years to catch up. He's followed along with Doctor Who of what he could add. But I think it's going to be quite interesting. I really do. All the power to him. Now we switch off to many universes. As I said that we watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I might want to do another show on this because I found a really interesting article about things you might have missed in Doctor Strange. I have to go over them with you and be honest and share and share things I caught and things I didn't. And things I should have. So we'll do that on another day. But I, I just wanted to say about my first takeaway from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Directed by Sam Raimi. As soon as I found that out, I thought, this is this is going to be... I, I didn't know how much of a fun ride it was going to be. I knew probably the only movie of the Marvel movies... That as soon as I see that name, Sam Raimi, with the world of Doctor Strange, I can immediately imagine what it would be like. And it ended up being like a thousand times better than what I thought it would be. I, did not, I didn't think it was going to suck. I knew I was going to love it because um, Benedict Cumberbatch is one of my favorite actors. I think he's the most one of the most distinct and original actors out there. There's no one else like him. Him as Sherlock is like the best thing ever. He could easily be a Doctor Who. People have teased that for years. But he became Doctor Strange. And when that movie first came out, I was so excited about that. I love that Benedict got to be that because I immediately knew, gosh, there's going to be all these toys. His face is going to be everywhere. i got all these things to collect. And then he kept popping up. I had to watch Thor Ragnarok. Just I had to make my family watch Thor Ragnarok. I regret not watching the previous Thors. But Thor Ragnarok was really kind of only had to watch because of Benedict. 
so I've only seen that one so far. Um, seen more of Thor in the Avenger movies. Saw all the Avenger movies. My gosh, it, when, you, when you stop and think about it, there's a lot of movies over the years that people have watched. You know, people who are into Marvel, I don't think there's a whole lot of them that have not watched everything. And for us, we watched the majority of it, but we didn't watch the two Thors. Uh, we got to go back on them. But we got into Captain America's, we got into the Iron Man. The, the storylines, the characters, they kept changing over time. Who would have known that Loki would be the more popular one? Come to find out, Loki is like the most highly paid actor. He gets paid more money being in a little bit part in one of the Avenger movies than Chris Hemsworth got in being in the movie. But but Doctor Strange is an interesting character. And I was thinking about this. And it's really cool because years ago, I can't, I can't remember what year it was. But we used to go to conventions a lot. I was interested in, in a director, Charles Band, who um, is behind the, the Puppet Master movies. And I got to meet him. And um, bought some Puppet Master things from him. Had some things signed and bought, some, and bought a movie from him. Um, and he just, like, he signs for free. He just signs everything for free. But one year, I was really into buying a DVD off the site just because they had a sale, $5 sale. I ended up having kind of a problem with that. Um, getting my movie, they sent me a broken one. So I had to get in touch with them, and they were nice enough to not only send me one, but they sent me another movie with it. I forget that what it was called. But the movie that I got, and I... This this thing got pushed to the side. It's, it's, in, it's somewhere in my room. I wish I had watched it, because I don't know why I chose it. I think it looked like the most interesting movie at the time. It had Jeffrey Combs in it. And for anybody out there who's into horror movies would know that Jeffrey Combs is known for Reanimator. But he, and I might I might uh, talk about this more if there, if there is more to talk about in a future episode. But I remember learning this. If if you look up Doctor Mordred, M O R D R I D, Doctor Mordred. That's the movie that I bought off Full Moon. And if you were to see it, you go, you look like somebody. Who are you trying to be? And I chose it because it looked fun. It looked like an interesting movie. Apparently, years ago, Charles Band had rights to make a Doctor Strange movie. Years and years ago. Halfway into production, I don't know when... It had to have been early on. I don't know if they did reshoots or not. But he lost the rights to it. So Dr. Mordred is actually Dr. Strange. So I thought that was really fascinating. And recently Full Moon post on their Facebook referencing their Dr. Mordred as a doctor from another universe. So that was... <laughs> see how they can have fun with that? But you know, we talk about rights and everything and, and decisions that get made. Even if that Doctor Strange did get made as Doctor Strange, 
there would have been a possibility that it would have been redone. I mean, all the characters that have been out there for years. When you research these, I don't know if anybody ever does this, but I watch a comic book movie and I immediately have to know what I'm seeing. Is this right? Are these made-up characters? Sometimes it can work as much as it does when you watch a movie that's based off somebody's life. It's kind of like they're having little liberties here and there. Christopher Nolan even does that. He tweaks things. Some things are from the comics, some imagery, but the Im but the, the events don't line up. They're not exactly how they happen in, in the comic books. You change things, you change names, you change identities. That person didn't really meet that person. You know, what we've talked about is Michael Douglas's character from Ant-Man is the original Ant-Man. Paul Rudd is the new one. I don't know where he is in the comics. I don't know how, how far that how far, far down that goes. But he's the one behind Ultron, but then they changed that to make it Tony Stark created Ultron. So you have little liberties here and there, but then you have characters like this America Chavez in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Her character is only from 2011. So the character hasn't been around that long. Compared to Captain Marvel, who has been around for years, but has had various forms. And I think about this all the time, of all the events leading up to when they decided to do the MCU, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. When are they going to, you know, they had there's different phases. When, when are things going to start connecting? The multiverse with the Spider-Man is fascinating because they get, they had to, they had to, they had to fix what they did, right? You know, you made... They rebooted Spider-Man three times with Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland. So to connect them all together, it does make sense to reference them that they would be in, in a different universe. But that rule changes in the movie Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness because in these various forms... Benedict is always Doctor Strange. Elizabeth Olsen is always Wanda. And, you know, it, it just makes you think, well, yeah. I mean, I, I first thought, I didn't know where Bruce Campbell was going to be at. I thought he was going to be one of the Doctor Stranges. He teased a picture, but then once he teased that picture, I thought, nah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that. I don't think he's being honest with that exactly. That he post a picture of him in the chair as Doctor Strange. I don't know. But that would have been interesting if he was like a different doc, a different Doctor Strange. Probably would have taken out of the movie. But the different universes kind of take you out of the movie several times, but puts you in different places where you didn't think they'd be. This new character, America Chavez, that's her power. That she can go from world to world. And I looked it up. It's exactly right. She punches stars into the worlds, and that's how she can she can go from place to place. She knows how to punch and blast people into bits with her power. So she's a very powerful character, but she's only from 2011. The Captain Marvel that we now know today is constantly changing. She did get to you know Brie Larson plays Captain Marvel in the movie. When they decided to do a Captain Marvel movie. 
they decided to do a Captain Marvel movie the same year they did a Shazam movie. And we've talked about that on this show. That Shazam actually is Captain Marvel. But different rights over the years and change the name and transfer of characters. He's now known as Shazam. But Captain Marvel was a man. In various forms. Eventually he does become a woman. And eventually does become the character that we now see in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, played by Lashana Lynch. Brie Larson did get to appear in another Avengers movie as a different Captain Marvel. She had a shorter haircut, and that's what she's supposed to look like. But they're going on, and they're, they they got this other show called Miss Marvel. I don't know. It just looks like they're just trying to find... They're trying to see what sticks. They're, they're, they're listening too, min, too much of the fans. Sometimes they listen to him, sometimes they don't. You know, Hawkeye finally got his own show because people wanted that for years for some reason. I bet the show is really great. It has to connect somehow. WandaVision. WandaVision, when I first saw it, I had no idea what it was. I didn't know what the gimmick was. Vision himself. I, I, I really love Paul Bettany. I see a lot of interviews. He's really great in A Knight's Tale. Seen a lot of Paul Bettany stuff. When he was Jarvis, that was really impactful. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's that's, um, that's Paul Bettany. Then they gave Jarvis this power where he becomes Vision, and that always looked odd to me. I'm sorry, but it looked odd seeing Vision. I mean, it it, it kind of has to make sense that way because at one time they said the Watchman was unfilmable. Since then, they've come up with special effects to perfect that idea. But I guess what I'm trying to say is Vision looks like an idea that looks different on film, but they've tried to make it work. WandaVision really changed what people thought of these characters. I really think that. These characters really didn't get a lot of spotlight in the other movies. Wanda as a Scarlet Witch is very interesting on her own because she was a character who was one of two characters, oh, I forget the other one. One of two characters that Fox owned when Fox wasn't Disney. Fox owned the mutants. Disney owned everything else they can get their hands on. There's still characters out there that they don't have the rights to. But right now, Fox had owned, or right then, Fox owned the mutants. They owned Scarlet Witch. So she couldn't really fully be Scarlet Witch. She could be Wanda, who has the psychic powers and what have you. So she had that. And there actually is a form of Scarlet Witch slash Wanda in one of the X-Men movies. But then once she trans she comes over in the Avengers and everything, she was just this little bit part. Really hard to stand out. WandaVision completely changes all that. People get into Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda. She's only getting better. I mean, I was really impressed with what they gave her to work with. And I give that, you know, to the writers and Sam Raimi for really allowing the creativity to fl flow through to create this world that... I, mean, I don't want to give everything away because... 
know, we saw the movie opening weekend. We didn't allow enough time to pass for everything to leak out. We, we you know, we, we saw it the first weekend, so now everything's coming out. And I'm seeing all these things that are talking about all the little bits that we missed. Did not know the plot. Completely surprised by it. All I can say is this is probably Wanda at her best. You know, you know, performance-wise. Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda slash Scarlet Witch at her best. Did not see WandaVision at all. But I, I know parts of it and I've seen bits and pieces of it. So I, I know what it is about. And I just did, you know, more research on it to really fully understand what it was about. Turns out Sam Raimi didn't even see all of WandaVision. Sometimes you should do 100% research on what is going on. For whatever reason, he didn't want to see it. But when they leave people out of the loop, like we talked about the leaving people out of the Spider-Man movies, makes the Spider-Man movies inconsistent. I mean, they just... They had a lot to... They've been through a lot. The Spider-Man movies have been through a lot. You have to enjoy the Sam Raimi years in order to understand what a superhero movie looks like when it's not part of a universe. Those movies were all made when none of it was supposed to connect. But I remember reading Sam Raimi had plans for Spider-Man 4. And there's little hints. His, his ideas only get to be hints in his previous films films of what was to maybe to come later and didn't get to be so there's a lot of stuff that goes on in dr strange and the multiverse of madness my sister rosella she really saw we, we all saw it but she was the very first one to point out that it really looked a lot like evil dead and there's a lot of i i, I read an article that really broke it down and made it sound like that was a bad thing um or if you didn't know who sam remy was a lot of that stuff didn't really, you know, impact you. The camera moves, the, the tilt. Scary. It's, you know, it's very scary and creepy. Very dark for a Disney Marvel movie. And and like I said, when I, when I saw Sam Raimi's name attached to it, I immediately got excited. I'm not familiar with too many of the other directors that take on. Like, John Favreau I knew, who led Iron Man. And I know Kenneth Branagh, but I never watched Thor. Scott Derrickson, I wasn't too familiar with him. He was the director of the first Doctor Strange. He stepped down for creative differences. That's a whole thing on its own. When studios control, I guess that's a lot going on in the Marvel world. But I'm trying to think of all the directors out there. Um, Ryan Coogler, I wasn't familiar with all of his work um but i i saw something that said that it doesn't really matter who the director is and i'm only bringing this up because i kind of disagree in one part of it studio has such a hold on the project that whatever the vision of the director doesn't get to be seen through i think that sam Raimi's vision was probably the most clear of all the directors out there i, I can't not being familiar with scott Derrickson's work, I don't know what to look for. I don't know what's his signature. I don't know what his style is. But Sam Raimi, this was a Sam Raimi movie. And the article that I saw was trying to make it sound like it really wasn't his. But it was. It, it really was. If you watched all the Evil Dead, you understand that whole world. 
they're obsessed with possessed witches. This fit his world perfectly. So I think I'm going to stop it right there because I want to. There's so much more I want to talk about Doctor Strange. I'm going to talk about the thing I saw that points out everything that people missed. Supposedly there's like 44 things that we missed. But a lot of these things are really fast, little quip things. Some I wouldn't even think of. Some I should have thought of. And some I actually did catch. So we'll talk about that on another day. I'd like to thank you for listening thus far. Don't forget to subscribe if you already haven't. To Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, all that. Very soon going to do another video podcast. Hopefully, hopefully do it live and then re-upload that to Spotify, and then that sends it out to everybody else. So, so yeah, that's it on that. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Much more Doctor Strange stuff coming up. I feel like there's much more to talk about. But, yeah, see you later, everybody. Bye.